Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. I tried the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year, and me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest, and we'd go up there, and just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink, and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom fitted for a new pair of Tacovas boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Maroon Friday edition of the Yard, the opening day of college baseball edition of the Yard. I hope that you are well today. I hope it's a payday for you. I hope it's payday, and I hope you order out for lunch today, and I hope you're able to watch the Bulldogs win a baseball game today, whether you're here at Duty Noble Field or whether you're at home or at the office or whatever. I don't think there's a lot of productivity going to happen for Mississippi State fans today because I think many people going to have their, the game on their phone or on their tablet or on their desktop and gonna maybe have that minimized while they are, quote, air quotes, working today. We're a baseball school. We're proud to say that. Very, very excited to have uh, have some baseball to cover. And uh, we got some cool things in store for you over on Gene's page. And, of course, we'll have post-game video and all reaction. We're going to cover it like nobody else. So come by and check us out. A lot to talk about today. We're going to talk a lot of baseball today. A lot of baseball. And we'll look a little bit towards the weekend. It's a big, 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 big weekend for Mississippi State. No home games in basketball, but two very important road games that can really kind of define where Mississippi State ends up in the SEC pecking order. On Saturday, the uh, men will travel to Arkansas. And on Sunday, the ladies will be in Kentucky. Neither one of both. Those are the last two really big games on the regular season schedule for both teams. Both of them happen to be road games. State should be, and you know, every game the rest of the way should be winnable. But you know, we, what we've learned about the uh, the men's basketball team is that there is a little bit of ebb and flow with things. But that's kind of where we are. I want to thank our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company, longtime sponsors of the show, great friends of the program. We love them. Very grateful that they're here in Starkville and now in Tupelo. Bulldog Burger Company, the best place in these parts to break bread and have a great restaurant quality hamburger. We enjoy, encourage you to go partake. If you want just a good straight ahead, all American hamburger, Bulldog's the way to go. You can't go wrong with a Bulldog, but maybe, just maybe, you want to take a little bit of a step on the wild side and you have that mentality, you have the mission, you have the smokehouse, you have the Lauren, you have the Bryant. That's why you go to a burger place so you can have the exotic burgers. That's what you do. And if, you don't, if you're not in the mood for a burger, you can have a salad, you can have wings. There's so many great options there. You can have a sweet heat chicken sandwich. Love Bulldog Burger Company, and you will too. Go by, take your family. 
two locations now to serve you on University here in Starkville and on Gloucester Street in Tupelo. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people in Starkville and now Tupelo go to meet. M-E-A-T. So let's go ahead and jump right into Wright State. Wright State out of the Horizon League. Not the typical non-conference opponent right out of the gate. Make sure you guys understand that. This Wright State team, this is not the Louisiana School Math and Science coming in here to play a three-game series. This is a very good non-conference opponent early on. Very, very good. They've got some really big pitching. And I say big, not just statistically, which they've got some guys with some stellar records from a year ago. But they're big. They've got big-bodied Major League Baseball-sized pitchers on the hill more times than not. This is a team that you need to be need to be aware of. Now, if you look up later today and all of a sudden State's locked up in a 1-1 ball game in the fifth or sixth inning, don't be surprised. We're going to be an offensive-minded team this year, but this is a team, too, that's going to come in fresh. And, you know, pitching's always ahead of the hits and hitting this time of year. Don't be surprised if Wright State makes this thing competitive. Let's take a look at last year, Wright State. Last year on the season, Wright State, and just, just to kind of, again, make sure you guys get it, 42-17 and 17 on the year, did not make the NCAA. And here's a little, a little uh, warning to the wise. Last season, Wright State opened up at Ole Miss. One of the better teams that Ole Miss has had in, uh, in decades. And they split a two-game series with them. I I'm sure they probably had a game washed out. Opening day, they lose 10-1, to and then Wright State comes back in Game 2 on Saturday and beats Ole Miss 9-5 to in Oxford. They then they go on the road then and, and lose 2 out of 3 at Oklahoma State. They win the Sunday game 5-4. They go on the road a couple weeks later after beating Western Carolina, and they beat number 9 East Carolina in Greenville, North Carolina. They lose to Utah, beat Kinesis, then they take a couple from Ohio. They go on the road and beat Cincinnati in Cincinnati. They take down Toledo in, in uh, Dayton. <laughs> then they get into their conference schedule. They win two out of three. They, they beat Cincinnati again in a midweek game. Take two out of three from Illinois, Chicago, in Chicago. Take uh, split, a, split a pair of games with Xavier. Take two out of three from Youngstown State, take down Wofford, and then they go to Indiana, and they beat Indiana 15-4. They do lose two out of three at Northern Kentucky, lose at Miami, beat Xavier again. They're feasting on these Ohio teams. They sweep Oakland, take down Cedarville, lose two of three at uh, Milwaukee, take down Bowling Green, they beat Dayton, Take a sweep another series with Illinois Chicago. Take two out of three at Youngstown State. They lose at Ohio State six to five. Sweep a series against Northern Kentucky. Take down Kent State and then sweep Oakland to end the regular season. And then they get into the Horizon League tournament and go one and two. They take down Northern Kentucky and then lose to Illinois Chicago and then Milwaukee. And so that ends their season. But you understand. Yes, they play in, you know, a less than power five conference, obviously. But this is a team that's scheduled very aggressively in the non-conference and then went won some games. And so this is a team that's not going to come down here and be intimidated by Mississippi State. I don't think they're coming down here thinking, okay, Mississippi State's just going to steamroll us. They're going to come in here looking to play. Now, it's not the same team from a year ago. Uh, they they had one of the best players in all of the Horizon League in Peyton Burdick, and uh, he was the player of the year in the Horizon League. He is gone, thankfully. He's already in the minor leagues. Uh, this is a guy that was 407 last year, 15 home runs, 72 RBI, and he's out of there. Thank goodness. Their number two and three hitters are back. Garrig Anglin. Man, what a great baseball name, right? Garrig Anglin. That sounds like a dad with a vision. Uh, Garrick, a part-time starter a year ago, hit 400 and uh, is expected to challenge for some playing time this year. One of the more impressive players on the roster, Tyler Black, who was the Horizon League freshman of the year, played at second base, hit 353, had 44 starts last year. 
Five triple, seven home run, 41 RBI as a freshman. This is a guy we're going to have to deal with. They do lose Seth Gray. They do lose J.D. Orr. Uh, Damon Deuce is a guy that returns with 307 average, hit four dingers and 33 rippies. Zane Harris is a very big strapping first baseman. This is a guy they think have has major league baseball aspiration. He's a guy that uh, can play his way into some things. Kind of a uh, one of those guys last year that uh, you know in the order, but a little down in the statistics. Hit 284. 284 last year, 27 starts, three home runs, 27 RBIs, uh, 16 strikeouts. So even though he had 102 at bats, he's not a big strikeout candidate, but he's a guy that you know that they're expected to make a jump this year. Outfielder Alex Adders returns, 24 starts a season ago, but played in 42 games. They do mix and match a lot. Four home runs, 20 RBIs. So he's expected to be back. But you know, most of the bigger hitters in the lineup, they had two two hitters that had double-digit home runs last year, and another one that had nine. All three of those guys are gone. So the leading home run and RBI guy, RBI guy to return from last year's team is all-conference freshman Tyler Black, number 45. So we wore number 45 last year. Is this a guy you're going to have to be mindful of? But again, they return some pieces. They, they do lose some big sticks in that order. But this is a team that, uh, you know, it's kind of grown accustomed to winning. From a pitching standpoint, they've got some guys to put up some big numbers. I mean some big numbers. Sam Worsing, ERA of 3.91, 7-0 on the season, 15 appearances, 9 starts. 53 innings pitched, giving up just over a hit per inning at 61. Allowed 24 runs, 23 of them earned. 37-13 to 13 strikeout to walk ratio. So he's right there at 3-1. to one. A lot of couple doubles and just two home runs. So he clearly is a guy that keeps the ball down. Bradley Bremer, or Brommer, second team all-conference selection last year as a freshman in the Horizon League. 4.50 ERA, 7-0 on the year, 14 appearances, 11 starts, 72 innings pitch. Uh, that was second, uh, third on the team, pardon me. Allowed 68 hits, 42 runs, 36 of those earned. Control was a bit of an issue, 42 Ks to 23 walks. He's right there at 2-1, to one, allowed 13 doubles and triple and 10 home runs. So he's a guy, before we elevate the baseball a little bit, I suspect to challenge you with the fastball. If he does it here, especially with his colder weather, might be able to keep us in the yard a little bit, but we'll see. The rest of it is rather interesting because they did lose uh, some guys that ate up a lot of innings for them. So I don't know the depth of this bullpen. Obviously, everybody has numbers. You don't know if you have depth this early in the season. But again, this is a team that we expect to come in here and compete. They'll have Henry Von Holland back, 25 innings in last year, 25 innings in relief. Uh, Bradley DeBot, 21 appearances last year, all in relief. In uh, any per, just basically just over any per appearance, allowed 19 hits, 11 runs, uh, 10 of them earned, 21 to 8 strikeout to walk ratio. So just right at 3 to 1 there. So, not power pitchers to the point that they strike a lot of people out. They're going to pitch to contact. At least that's what they did last year. But this is a team, again, not going to be intimidated by coming into to Duty Noble Field and thinking, okay, well, we're just here to get the T-shirt and have a good time and get some pictures for the Instagram. They were 14-10 and 10 away, on, on the road last year and 7-4 and four on neutral sides. That makes them 21-14 and 14 away from their home park. 21 and 3 at home. Big, big difference. Big, big difference. So, again, understand this is a competitive team. This is a team that will be competitive in their league. Don't know what that means for us, you know, long term when it comes to, uh, you know, RPI and all that sort of stuff, you know. But uh, it's obviously a series we got to win. Got to go out here and win the series and uh, got to feel good about doing it. Need to kind of get some things settled. You know, and, and I, go ahead and expect to see a lot of guys throw for an inning or two. Your starting pitchers are probably going to be on around a 65 to 70 pitch count. I don't think you'll see them go over that this part of the year, especially in this colder weather. Hopefully we'll get a lead and those guys can leave and the bullpen can take over and we'll mix and match down the stretch and kind of get some guys some work and see how they perform. It's a different deal going out there pitching in that stadium for the first time. It's one thing to do it in fall baseball. 
It's not a thing to do it when your names are going in the paper. It's a big difference. So eager to see how these young guys perform. I've had several people tell me that some of these younger pitchers from Mississippi State, very, very talented, just need some experience. A couple names to look for this weekend. And because you I mean, obviously you guys know JT Ginn and Christian McLeod and Eric Zarentola, you've heard those names mentioned. And those are your Friday, Saturday, and Sunday starters. There's a couple names that I want you to remember here. Will Bednar, number 24, 6'2", 230-pound freshman out of Valencia, Pennsylvania. Big, big velo guy. And then on top of that, Landon Sims, right-handed pitcher, 6'2", 216 from Cumming, Georgia, South Forsyth High School. Another guy, big-bodied, right-handed pitcher, can really bring it. Those are two guys that we have heard a lot about kind of privately, that these guys are going to you know, kind of uh, make a, a jump here. Casey, Casey Hunt is another guy we're expecting some big things from. But go ahead and be prepared for them. One of the guys that really impressed me when I had a chance to go watch some of the scrimmages was Jackson Forrester. It's a guy, I think, in middle relief that uh, is going to be very valuable to Mississippi State. Now, I had a chance recently to speak with Jake Mangum. Actually, interviewed Jake for the uh, for Stark Villains too. Kind of working on that while we're doing all the rest of the stuff. He tells me that Mississippi State fans need to be prepared for Carl Ockhosler. You know, he's a transfer that's come in originally from Vicksburg, Mississippi. Grad transfer that's come in. He says this is a guy that's a dog. This is a guy that is going to come in here and and. and Similar, I guess, to J.P. France. He's a guy that can help you in long relief. He can help you midweek. But I think he is a guy that's going to throw big innings for Mississippi State. Really, really big endorsement there from a guy that knows a few things about college baseball. Interested to see what happens. Luke Hancock this weekend. You know, he's a guy that they've been kind of careful with down the stretch. You know, big hitter. Can do what we want him to do. But uh, eager to see you know, what, what's going to happen. I don't think he'll catch the whole weekend. I think you mix and match a little bit back there. I know Austin Kelly is a guy that's done some big things, and, and even some of the veterans have talked about him, about the job that he's done back there. So I, I suspect that we'll see him uh, behind behind the plate some. And we'll see what happens to Logan Tanner. You know, again, you've got some options out there, and you don't want to overextend anybody in any position at this point, you know, obviously you need to get some ABs for some guys, but uh, I think we feel good about our team kind of heading into the weekend. My hope is you're going to come out. It's going to be today, one o'clock, uh, one o'clock. And by the time many of you hear this, the game will have already been played, but we're going to get this out of here. We've had some technical difficulties with, with the hosting site. So hopefully we can get this site on up and, and uh, you guys can enjoy it before the game. I, I certainly hope so. It's been one of those things. It's been uh, one of the, the biggest crisis in my life lately is having to deal with all that part of it. But um, that's where we are with this baseball team. Again, look for State to come out, get a lead as always, but uh, don't look for us to have elongated outings for these pitchers. And I know there will be people on Twitter and Facebook, I don't understand why we pulled them. We're not going to let a guy go to 85, 90 pitches in February in 40-degree weather the first weekend of the year. It's just not going not gonna to happen. We're not going to do it. And we got to get some work for these guys in a non-conference, so we got to figure out, who we can count on when we get into conference play. It's important that everybody kind of understands that. And and you say that, and there are people that will hear it, but they don't listen to it. They hear you say it, and they say, oh, well, I don't understand. You know, that you get caught up in the emotion of the game. And as a manager, Chris Ramonis has to think about the totality of the season. What is best for JT Ginn? What is best for Eric Sarantola over the course of this year? And this is the money year for JT Ginn. You know, JT obviously has the option to come back next year, but he is draft eligible this year. And he is your Friday night guy. And there are some studs on these Friday nights now. It's not like it was last year. I think Ethan Small, the most dominant Friday night guy in the SEC last year on Friday night, I think this year it's going to be like it was in years past where you have some bona fide blue chip guys, Major League Baseball potential guys, throw it on Friday nights. It's going to be a much different deal. You know, I think Ethan was was the best guy. There were a couple guys last year, but I think there's probably half a dozen of those guys this year that are going to really shorten the game on you on Friday. It's going to be huge to win on Friday in this league. It always has been. And uh, State's got a guy, JT Ginn, that we believe can be among the best in the country on Friday night. And, again, the, the disclaimer, all, everybody always says, well, if he can stay healthy. You know, here's the deal. What I've been told 
since that happened is it's not something that is expected to be a chronic condition now that he's had some rest. And that was the whole thing before is, you know, he had some rest, he was in, he was out. And then, uh, you know, he, he'd have some innings where he would do good. And the next thing, you know, it'd pop up on him. And the only thing that was going to make it better was some rest. He's had some rest. Remember, he did not participate in uh, summer ball. Went to work with his personal trainer and got looked to get healthy. And then they were careful with him in the fall. But he pitched. You know, he pitched in the fall. But there was no point in stressing him in the fall, knowing how many innings we're going to expect him to throw this season. So, uh, like many of you, I've got some concerns about pitching and it's really not because I have any doubt about the talent. It's just really the unknown. You, you just don't know. I mean, we, we've heard for for two years that Christian McLeod is an absolute stud. Well, I'm ready to see it. I've seen it some in fall baseball. But it's going to be a different deal, you know, when the crowd is here and the opponents are trying to beat you. It's a different deal. We know Eric Sarantola has electric stuff. Has he been able to get better command of his pitches? And I remember some ball games last year he didn't make out of the first inning. And so that's the thing with him. If he will go out there and compete and trust his stuff and really challenge hitters, I think he's going to find some success early. And by the time we get into conference play, I think he's going to be a different pitcher than what you saw a year ago. You know, down the stretch last year, he pitched pretty well. And so Scott Foxhall is a, is a you know, a pitching guru. He will find a way to get the most out of Eric Sarantola. But it reminds me a little bit of that 16 team. You know, we, we felt really good about Dakota, Her- Dakota Hudson. And people forget, I think he'd only pitched a dozen SEC innings before that year. He comes out of nowhere and is the dominant pitcher in the SEC on Friday nights. And then you had Austin Sexton, who was as as competitive as anybody in the country. He did not have an overpowering fastball, but he had great stuff. He could mix and match and keep hitters off balance. And so you you knew you had a good chance to win on Friday and Saturday, and we couldn't, couldn't deal with it on Sunday. And so that's kind of the challenge. If we can find that third pitcher early, if Sarantola can settle in and be the guy we need him to be, we have a chance to kind of get ahead early in the conference because everybody's challenge in the country is to find that third starter and to find some production in the bottom third of the order. I think we're going to have production in the bottom third of the order. And so the sooner we can solidify that third spot, and, and my, my hope is that it is Sarantola, the Sarantola will take that spot and run with it and, and rack up some wins early and get some conference. I think we have a real chance to really compete for the SEC championship. Yes, we're a top 10 team, and that doesn't sound like much of a hot take, but everybody realizes that we're chasing Vanderbilt. But we're going to play Vanderbilt later in the year. So it's, it's in many respects, we kind of control our own destiny. I think we have a chance to be as good as anybody in the country. Offensively, we know what we've got. If the pitching holds out, and that's where all the ifs are, if the pitching holds out, we've got a chance to have a great year. But these early games, these early series, are going to be about defining the roles of many of some of these younger and talented arms. And so you're going to see some guys go out there, and, and, and it's, again, there'll be people out there. I don't understand why we're changing pitchers every inning. It's because we're trying to get some work for these guys in these games to prepare them for the bigger games down the road. I've getting so many great responses, too, from our friends at Hawthorne.co. And I know many of you are getting Hawthorne product for Valentine's Day. I know because your significant other let me know. They listen to the show. They listen to my advice. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys, I'm about ready to just go ahead and make the switch official. I'm a Hawthorne guy. I mean, I, I enjoy the products. And it's one of those things, too, I guess it's kind of an old guy move. But I'll be honest with you, I like the fact that uh, – this cologne makes me smell nicer. It lasts longer. And it's like all of the products work together. The shampoo conditioner is great. The lotion's great. The deodorant's great. It's all great. My favorite's the cologne. It's long lasting. It's not overwhelming, but it is unlike anything else. And so by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we're going to give you a little incentive to give them a try. Go to hotthorn.co. That's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co. Take the quiz because there's nobody out there to teach you how to back long. Take the quiz. Get what matches you and your preferences, because not everybody's chemistry is the same. You know, polo and dracar and all that stuff, that, it doesn't smell the same on everybody. So get something that will bring a symphony of scent to your life at hawthorne.co. Again, that's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co. Promo code BONEYARD to save 10% off your first order. Trust me. Trust me. You're going to like the way you smell. Simple as that.
Go order today. Go do it. Go do it. Do it. For, do something nice for yourself. Go to Hawthorne.co today. All right, so let's talk basketball a little bit here. I tell you what, before we do that, before we jump to ba basketball, let me give you an idea of what the rest of the SEC looks like this weekend for baseball. I know many of you will get home and you'll be eager to see what's going on and who did what and who played who. So Western Illinois will be at Tennessee. Eastern Illinois will be at Arkansas. Missouri will be at Jacksonville State. Northeastern will be at Alabama. Holy Cross will be at South Carolina. Richmond, the Spiders, will be at Georgia. Number two, Louisville will be at Ole Miss. That's probably the, the premier series in the South. I don't know that it's the premier series nationally because there's another pretty big one uh, a little later in the, in the, in the uh, schedule for the SEC. But again, Louisville at Ole Miss, that's big. Uh, Illinois-Chicago will be at Auburn. Marshall will be at Florida. And then you've got a rematch of last year's National Championship Series. Vanderbilt, number one Vanderbilt at Michigan. It's kind of weird to go north to play an opening series. But cool. Go get it done. Uh, I will be rooting for Michigan in that series. Uh, Miami of Ohio will be at Texas A&M. Kentucky will be at TCU. That's a very difficult opening weekend opponent for a team like Kentucky, kind of trying to find a sense of itself. But listen, I admire Nick Minjong going on the road playing at him like TCU. And then Indiana is at LSU. And so you've got some Power 5 matchups, but primarily it is a non-conference schedule that, that favors the SEC. And again, a lot of eyes on that Vanderbilt-Michigan. It, it's a shame that's not going to be on television. Uh, looking at the schedule here, there are only two baseball series that are not expected to be carried by the SEC Network app, and that is Vanderbilt at Michigan and then Kentucky at TCU. But uh, we'll be able to keep up with it. I mean, it's a great thing about Twitter nowadays. I mean, it's like there's almost instantaneous updates. But, uh, again, everybody out of conference this weekend, as expected, and uh, most of these series should be winnable. When you look at Missouri going to Jacksonville State, that's kind of a tough deal. I'm sure they're happy to get some warmer weather, but uh, – a lot of these northern teams are bringing a cold weather with them in advance of their arrival. It's been awfully chilly here in Stark Vegas. But that's going to be interesting. Missouri and Jacksonville State. Now, we've got some friends over there. Those guys play a pretty good brand of baseball, even in Jacksonville State. I could see Missouri dropping that series. But uh, anyway, it's, it's a full weekend of baseball. Very, very excited, like many of you. Are. And I can't wait to see the scores. You know, and I, listen, I, I keep up with all this on a daily basis. And so we'll look forward to, uh, to seeing what happens. Today is Valentine's Day. So, you know, ladies, I know it's going to be cold out there, but get yourself a maroon blanket and come on out with your sweetie and enjoy the weekend. For sure. Let me double check this. This Vanderbilt series, too, I don't know that this is, this is, this is one of those all-star type things. This is one of those get-together Vanderbilt thing is uh, – I don't know exactly where they're playing. I don't think they're playing in Michigan. Now that I look, it's a little bit closer. So I apologize for being uh, a little bit unprepared for that because they're going to play UConn and play Cal Poly. So it's like it's just a one-game deal with them in Michigan. But still, that's a, that's a good marquee game early on. And so let's take a look here. They're going to be playing – yeah, they're going to be out in Scottsdale, Arizona. Yeah, at the Salt River Fields. Yeah, they'll be good to go. They'll be in the MLB4 Collegiate Baseball Tournament versus Michigan, UConn, and Cal Poly. So Vanderbilt's got a chance to win a couple games out there. But that, and tonight's game, excellent, excellent, excellent. MLB Network. There you go. So you can watch Mississippi State win today and then go home and watch Michigan and Vanderbilt tonight on the MLB Network. That's pretty cool, huh? All right, so we'll check that out. So uh, let's get ready to move on from all that. I, I, I just think it's, it's, again, it's a good year in the conference. I don't know if it's a great year in the conference. That's going to depend on how good the middle of the pack is. But I think there's a lot of high expectations for teams like Mississippi State, Auburn, Vanderbilt, Florida. I think all those teams are probably – Georgia's a team, you know, with Emerson Hancock that's going to be very, very difficult to beat. I'm glad we missed them this year. But my point being is that this is going to be a really fun year to watch SEC baseball, not just because of the fact that there's a lot of parity in the league, but I think the league as a whole is very good this year. I think we're going to win a lot of non-conference games as a league. And that was an issue last year. 
mean, there was a lot of non-conference games that the SEC lost in midweek. I suspect you're going to see better results this year because I think the quality of the league is simply better. So we'll see. I'm excited, as you can tell. Absolutely excited. So let's talk a little basketball. All right, so the men are going to play Arkansas tomorrow. It's, uh, it's unbelievably important. We won up there last year. And I don't know that many people expected us to because Bud Walton Arena has kind of been, you know, a house of horrors. We've taken some really good basketball teams to Arkansas and come home with a loss. I don't know that that's uh, a guarantee this time. I think Mississippi State is a difficult matchup for Arkansas, but we are a difficult team to figure out on the road. Yeah, I, you know, we go down there and we play, we play really well against um, Florida, really kind of exerted our strength there. And then we go lay an egg against Ole Miss. And listen, emotionally, we're all a lot invested in those games. You know, the rivalry games, you don't want to lose those games. And, and again, take the rivalry aspect of it. It's a game that State needed to win. It is just a one loss, but we can't afford losses this time of year. So we beat them 77-70 when they came here. That's Arkansas. And so now we'll head to their place. And they are reeling right now. They have lost three games in a row. All of them, other than the game at Tennessee, have been competitive. They win at Alabama, and then they lose in overtime to Auburn at Bud Walton. They lose at Missouri, and then they lose Tuesday night at Tennessee, 82-61. So they're really a little bit. They're going to be a desperate team. There is a sellout crowd awaiting Mississippi State at Bud Walton Arena. This is one we, you know, this is one we got to have. We're going to get their best shot. They've lost four or five and three in a row. So they're going to be desperate. And, again, we're not a great matchup for them because they don't really have a guy on the interior uh, that can really match up with Reggie Perry. We're going to need Reggie Perry to have a big ball game. This is one of those games on the schedule that has scared me from the beginning just because of the fact of our history at Bud Walton Arena. This is not a great Arkansas team by any stretch. They're 16-8 and and 4-7 and in the conference. When you look at it on paper, you'd say, you know what, this is a game State should win. But when you look at the fact that Bud Walton Arena and that crowd up there makes for a very, 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 very hostile environment, you know, we'll see. We'll see. And, uh, again, that's an early tip, so... Many of you will be able to kind of flip back and forth. That's a noon tip. And so you can watch that ball game. We'll have it on in the press box, and we'll keep you updated as best we can. But those of you that are, you can have the uh, the ball game on the SEC Network on your television and then have the baseball game on your phone. An absolute must-win game for Mississippi State. An absolute must-win. This is one of those ball games, you know, you, when you begin, again, this is one of those games early on that we kind of penciled in as a potential loss. But it takes on added importance because of what happened on Tuesday. I suspect that we'll come back and play well. I really do. I, I think, number one, we have enough leadership on this team, and these guys understand what's at stake here, that we'll come back and play well. Can we play well enough to win the ball game? Kind of remains to be seen. We don't tend to do real well when the home crowd is pulling against us. We seem to do okay when uh, – you know, when we're at home and everybody's cheering for us, we, we, you know, we don't have that road dog mentality to be able to go out there and, and, and put a crowd on their hands. We just, we don't seem to have that ability. We played well at times on the road, but we've been kind of hack on Jekyll. You know, we played pretty well at Kentucky. We lose that ball game, but again, Kentucky's a better team. We go beat Florida, and I think Mississippi State is the better team. And we lose that ball game at Oklahoma City, Probably one that we regret. We got way down to that ball game. We battled back. We didn't quit. We lost at OSU, and I don't think OSU was anything special. I think they're a good team. They hit a big shot to beat us at the buzzer. And then, now again, that was the, that three-game losing streak to open the SEC schedule. And then we get absolutely blistered at Alabama, 90-69. And so there are not a lot of these games you look at. I mean, goodness, we even lost in Jackson. But a lot of these games you look at and you say, okay, what, what do we need to do? And I think it's a, it's a question of mental toughness. The mental toughness of the Mississippi State team is really going to be challenged tomorrow against Arkansas. There is no question. 
that is a ball game that uh, is, has, has historically been a very difficult one for Mississippi State to win. So we'll see what happens. If Reggie Perry plays well and we get some better guard play, because the guard play was absolutely non-existent against Ole Miss. Ole Miss took us completely out of our game. We got a chance to win the ball game. If we go out there and if our guards don't play any better than they did against Ole Miss, you might as well go ahead and pack it up. Might as well go ahead and pack it up because the NCAA tournament, is for, well, for the most part, will be out of reach unless we can go win the SEC tournament. And I don't want anybody to accuse me of being negative. I'm just being realistic. This is the Mississippi State team that's underachieving. 15-9 and nine through 24 games, 6-5 and five in conference play. It's not the position we should be in. We're not even listed in the first four out anymore. We've got, we're going to have to go on a run here to get back in contention. On the women's side of things, ladies are still in great position. 10-1 in the conference, 22-3 and three overall. Yeah, and I had some people mention, you know, say, well, you know, Steve, we lost. We had a bad day, and we lost to West Virginia on our home floor. You know what? Um, the reason that you can remember that is because we've only had three games like that. We've only had three games that we had a bad day. And I don't know that I'm willing to admit that we had a bad day at South Carolina. You know, we lose to number three Stanford and, and Victoria, British Columbia, 67-62 in a game that we were very competitive in on the road with no fan support. And we found a way to, to stay in there and, and nearly win the ball game against one of the best teams in the country. And then we go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the number one team in the country and uh, and arguably should have won the ball game, lose by a basket. And so when I look at the fact that we lost to West Virginia – after just, you know, it's our first game in over a week. You know, we had the long road trip. You know, we, we, we leave Humphrey Coliseum. We knock off Troy by 40. And then we go to Jackson. We go to Milwaukee. And then we're in Canada for three games. And we finally come back, you know, just over a week later. We were a little bit rusty. And so I'm not going to make excuses for Vic. And Vic will make excuses for the ladies. But I, I think when you're when you're 22 and 3, you look at it and say, well, you know, you had a bad night. When you look at when you're 15 and 9, you can't say, well, we had a bad night. I think you have to just kind of accept the fact that this is who we are. We're an inconsistent basketball team. The women have now won six in a row. And this is arguably their biggest challenge of the, the remaining regular season games. I can, I can assure you that Kentucky is well aware of the fact that down the stretch here, State beats Georgia handily. It was a game for a while, but then State pulls away and wins 67-53. They go to Knoxville. A resurgent volunteer program gets absolutely embarrassed, 72-55. to And as my colleague Robbie Falk points out, Mississippi State's the first team to win three times in a row in Knoxville in Lady Vol history. And you knew that coming in. You had to know they had that game circled on their calendars. And we go in there and beat them to death. And then Texas A&M comes in, and it's really a game until that fourth quarter. A&M, despite the fact that Kennedy Carter was on the bench, A&M gave State all we wanted and then some. And we do what great teams do. We turned it on when it mattered most to put the game away. So Kentucky is well aware that State is playing its best basketball of the year against NCAA tournament competition. Don't know if Georgia will make it in, but they're a very talented team. Tennessee will make it in. A&M will make it in. And we're winning those games, and you look at the box scores later, and you realize, man, if, if Mississippi State could put together four consistent quarters, how good could they be? We haven't played a complete game in a long time, and we're still winning. University of Kentucky, we have struggled to win at their place. It always seems, we always seem to get them late in the year. Macy Morris is gone, thank goodness. But this is a very talented Kentucky team. They're 18-5 overall, 7-4 in the conference. Again, this is an NCAA tournament team. This is a team that is preparing us 
for the NCAA tournament. And not to mention, if we win this game, that's one of the things you begin to look at all of this. You begin to think, okay, this is how significant this game. If you win this one, Mississippi State is pretty much all assured, all but assured, of finishing no worse than second in the women's basketball SEC standings. State currently two games ahead of LSU. LSU's playing pretty well. But A&M, Arkansas, Kentucky, Tennessee are right there at 7-4. and four. So if State can win this one, all of a sudden you're 11-1. and 11-1 with just a handful of games left to play. 11-1 with four games left. And that's including at Auburn, Alabama, Arkansas, and then at Ole Miss. And those are four teams that are really struggling. Ole Miss, of course, 0-11 in the conference and 7-17 overall. Auburn, who gave State fits, currently 13th in the league at 2-9, and 8-14. Alabama four and seven and fourteen and ten, and so you begin to look at this and you think, okay, you got a, you got a really good chance to win out if you can get through this one. You have a really good chance of winning out. I mean, listen, you get Arkansas here, and Arkansas is a team that obviously will be in the NCAA tournament, but you do get them here, and uh, not to mention, you know, State really gave them some trouble last year, and so if you win this one. Again, you've got some games to play, and you don't want to count your chickens before they hatch, but State certainly has the inside track to finish no worse than the two-seed in the SEC tournament. And again, South Carolina, is all, there's always a game that South Carolina drops. There's always one. And then, of course, they'd need to drop two for us to, to win it outright and then to have the one seed. But that's how significant this game is. Kentucky enters the ball game actually, uh, you know, losers two of the last three. Uh, they lose to Kentucky, to Florida in Lexington. That's a bit of a surprise. They beat Alabama 66-62 in Lexington, and then they get beat pretty good on the road in Arkansas, 103 to 85. So it's been a little bit of a heckle and jackal thing, but also too, again, this is a Kentucky team, but it's very good. They're 12 and two at home. So this is not going to be one of those games, you know, that uh, we just kind of show up and go through the motions. And remember, they don't, you know, they don't play many of these games in Rupp Arena. We're going to play in Memorial Coliseum, which is just a different deal. It's a different configuration. It's one of those things too that you know they get. It's it's just a different venue than what you'd ordinarily that you ordinarily see. And so, uh, Kentucky, very tough at home. That's going to be an ESPN two game. So that's going to be Sunday. That's going to be five p.m. Maybe that's 4 Central. Let me double-check that because I don't want to mislead you. Yeah, 4 Central. I'll be, be on ESPN, too. So you'll be able to kind of keep up with all of the action this weekend. Isn't technology great? What a time to be alive, right? What a time to be alive. And I'll tell you, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this. Yeah, I spent some time on the road lately you know, during book signings and watch parties and stuff, and I've had a chance to listen to Richard Williams and Neil Price, and I'll tell you this. I know, you know, nobody will ever measure up to Jack Crystal. That, that's, you know, that's just some, some things you don't talk about. But I'll tell you, we've got a great group at Neil Price and Richard Williams. I, I think Neil is fantastic. I think his delivery is delivered. It's almost like listening to a professional basketball broadcast. And what I mean by that, like NBA, I think Neil Price is as good as anybody. And Richard Williams is our guy. You know, Richard is our guy. And so when Richard talks basketball, people listen. I just don't know that we've ever had a better tandem in that respect as a group. And and again, you know, Jack Crystal, incredible. I'm not trying to in any way suggest that Neil is, uh, is at that level, but we have so much to be proud of. And uh, this is one of those things that I look at and say, you know what? We made a great decision when we hired Neil Price. We absolutely did. He is phenomenal. Very, very happy that uh, he is part of the Mississippi State family. I would be remiss if I did not mention our good friends at Campus Bookmark. Love Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie. They're great folks. They love Mississippi State. They've been here forever and a day. An absolute institution here at Starkville's Campus Bookmark. Many of you bought your textbooks when you were students here at Mississippi State. Maybe even used their free parking lot out behind their facility. A lot of commuter students use that and just walk to class. Stan and the group provide that just because of the fact that they're invested in Mississippi State. You need to invest in them by ordering your Maroon and White Fashions from CampusBookmark.net. And by being a loyal Barnyard listener, we'll give you a phrase to pay. That's BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. And listen, they have those stitched 
Mississippi State baseball jerseys. You know, they've got high, whatever you want, but they've got those stitched high-quality baseball jerseys. They have been waiting for their moment in the sun. Order some for the family today. Rep the brand wherever you go. Again, that's campusbookmark.net, promo code BSR. Mississippi State softball playing exceptionally well. We don't talk about softball a lot, and we should. Very, very happy about the uh, the opening of the season. And we've had some people say, hey, Steve, listen, hey, Coach Ricketts and her crew are doing a great job. And I have many people tell me, you know, when uh, when John Cohen made the decision to make a change, to move on from Van Sudeman, who was very popular with our fans, that, you know what, we didn't need to run the risk of losing Samantha Ricketts because people believe she is a rising star in the softball coaching profession. So you retain Samantha Ricketts and you retain Tyler Bratton, who has become, you know, a bit of a social media legend with the arm farm. If you haven't seen his videos, go check them out. Softball's playing well. Undefeated at this point, 5-0. The only team to beat Mississippi State is Team USA, who beat us in an exhibition in the uh, leadoff classic. State 5-0 winners over Missouri State, 9-2 winners over Liberty, take that, Hugh Freeze, and then a 3-2 win over Louisville in eight innings, and then a 9-0 win over North Carolina State that only went five innings, a 16-2 win over Alabama State that only went five innings. This weekend, starting today, Mississippi State will host the Bulldog Kickoff Classic. Tulsa, North Alabama, and Tennessee State all making the trip in. That tournament will run through Sunday, and everybody will have a chance to play a handful of games here. So this is a chance, too, for State to kind of get out and get ahead here. So this is a good opportunity. Again, I know many of you have kind of been on the fence about softball, and I, and I get it. Your team is playing well. Your team is playing well. Your team has one of the most prolific offensive tandems in the country. And, you know, if you're like me, I, I root for Mississippi State and everything. You know, I know some people are out there, they're, they're, they're cool and they're hip or whatever. Like, so Alabama's my favorite football team and Duke is my favorite college basketball team. And I'm an LSU baseball fan. Not me. I'm true maroon, baby. It's Mississippi State or nothing for me. I don't know how you guys do it. Listen, there are some other teams that I kind of root, root for just because I enjoy the college game. But not anybody that I live and die with. Not like Mississippi State. It's not how it works, man. I don't know how, again, I don't know how you guys do it, but that's how I feel about it. It's Mississippi State or nothing. All right, so looking at the uh, looking at the stats here, it's it's pretty much what you would expect it to be. It's pretty much what you would expect it to be. You know, we're pitching well, we're swinging the bats well, we're putting up runs, we're playing good defense. It's an exciting time. You know, we we we've never been to a super regional. We've never been to a Super Regional. I'm going to go ahead and call it now. I think I think we won a regional this year. I think we do. I think we do. Because I think we're going to be able to swing it as well as anybody. Mia Davidson, you know what you're getting there. You know what you're going to get there. So, again, excited about the season. Hope you guys will be too. Maybe get out and make a game. If you haven't done so, let me encourage you to go buy a book at StarkVillainsTheBook.com. You can get Flim Flam and Starkville ones there. That's where we're going to be selling all the books now. We'll do Starkville ones 2 there. We'll do Starkville ones 3. When I finally get around to writing the sequel to Flim Flam, they'll be there too. So go ahead and bookmark that website. And if you haven't done so, go to Stark Villains and order yourself a Stark Villains t-shirt or a Stark Villains hoodie. And you can get them in all of the local school colors uh, that rep Starkville. Whether it be Starkville Academy or Starkville High School, you can get that. Wear it to school. Feel good about life. We've got a lot of things coming up. And a lot of you moms... You're going to have to go endure some spring sports when it's a little bit cool. You need that Stark Villains hoodie. What a one for the whole family. Excited to offer those things for you. It's been a great week in many respects. You know, the, the big blemish, of course, is us losing that ballgame on Tuesday. But we'll, we'll figure it out. You know, that's the thing, too. If people say, Steve, do you think we're going to make the tournament? I think we can. I don't know that we will. But I think we, a win tomorrow changes our perception a lot. Because I think many of us were expecting that game in Arkansas to be very difficult. And it will be. But we're capable of winning that ball game. That ball game at Kentucky is going to be very difficult. We're capable of winning that ball game. And I think then really kind of putting a lot of pressure on South Carolina because you know the meat of our schedule will be over. They'll still have a couple difficult games to play. But I think we have a chance 
to do some really big things with this team. But I believe we're ahead of schedule women's baseball, but basketball. But also, too, be, be mindful. This Wright State team, again, as I told you guys earlier in the show, we're going to have to play well to win the series. We're not just going to be able to show up and go through the motions. And, you know, they're not just going to throw the ball underhanded to us and say, hey, you're in the SEC. They've got a couple of pitchers that are capable of coming in here and shortening the game on us and shutting things down. We're going to have to find a way to kind of keep them at bay until we get through the order a couple times and begin to put the ball in play. If we get an early start on one of these guys, it's going to be a great weekend. But I, I'm expecting them to come in here and to pitch it pretty well. We've got to get into that bullpen. They're going to be in the same situation we're in, probably have some pitch counts. But these games mean a little bit more to a team like them because they need that RPI boost. They know Mississippi State's going to win. If they can find a way to come in here and win a game or two, then all of a sudden, as the, as the schedule moves forward and the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee begins to review their resume, it would be nice of them to have a win or two over Mississippi State. A team like State is expected to contend for some big things. I'm going to go ahead and call it today. I do expect Mississippi State to host a regional this year. I think as long as we stay healthy, we will have a chance to be a national seed. But, again, we're going to have to go play baseball. Nobody's going to give it to us. Nobody's going to feel sorry for Mississippi State. Mississippi State's not going to sneak up on anybody. We have gone to Omaha back-to-back years. The nucleus of a team returns, despite the fact that Ethan Small and Jake Mangum and Cole Gordon have moved on. Despite the fact that we're kind of retooling the weekend rotation, people expect this team to be very, very good. So we're going to get everybody's best shot, and that's what's going to make us better because we're never going to have one of those ball games where people come in here and lay down for us, not even in the midweek. Everybody is going to show up looking to bring their best effort to beat Mississippi State because it means it's a big deal for them to beat us. It's In many respects, it's not a big deal for us to beat them. We've got to find a way to get it done. So, again, I'm excited about baseball. Matter of fact, as soon as we get this show published, I'm headed out to Duty Noble. I hope to see many of you there. While it is a very cold day in Starkville, it is a clear, shiny, beautiful day. I could stand for a few more degrees of temperature here, but I'll tell you, what a wonderful day it is. It's opening day for college baseball here at Dirty Noble Field. Absolutely cannot wait to see you guys this weekend, the next weekend, and all the other weekends. And for all of you that we see on the road, thank you so much for your support of Mississippi State Baseball and coming up and saying hello. There's going to be a lot to cheer for this year. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.